0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Thweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void were prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See
1: official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's good? What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Hogshaven Podcast, powered by SB Nation. You can find us at Hogshaven.com, at Hogshaven on Twitter and on Facebook. I am your host, Molly Maul. Jamal Forrest, you can find me on Twitter, at Let Maul Tell It. Do not forget the U. On the show today, we are in the middle of the week. We are a day before the holiday the perfect holiday the greatest holiday that you can probably uh think of um because food is involved <laughs> uh, but yes uh thanksgiving is right around the corner tomorrow uh and Kyle smith for gm you can find him on twitter at smith the letter or the number four i do this all the time with the letters gm to follow you can find him on twitter at smith for gm as well he's joining us today during our midweek show um just talking a little talk Kicking, kicking, kick you know what about the Washington Commanders? Uh, Kyle, appreciate you joining me. How you feeling, man? You, I, I heard you got an off day, and I heard it as if <laughs> that's we just right. That's before right. The, yeah. Before the uh, show started,
0: off work today. <laughs> got the five day weekend coming up, so I'm really looking forward to some football, some relaxation, some getting together with family, uh and yeah, just spending some quality time uh relaxing. So uh it's a good good day to talk about football.
1: Five week five, look. First of all, five day weekends are amazing. Um, Three day weekends are are already good, but five day weekend. Oh, my goodness! I'm jealous. Uh, mines are coming, but I'm very jealous that mines is not this week. <laughs> yeah. But yeah what's what's one of the um the one of the things that you look forward to? Uh, it, it doesn't have to be like sentimental or anything, or it could just be the game itself, um, a football, or or just like spending time with your family. But uh, what's one of the things that you're looking forward to? Uh, tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, like you say, it's really about about food and family. And so, uh, you know, spend a lot of time or spend some time in the morning, doing some food preparation, and then just getting a chance to catch up with folks I haven't had a chance to talk to for uh a long time most of my uh a lot of my family who will be here is you know considerably older than i am aunts and uncles and that sort of thing and so having the chance to catch up with them see what they're up to talk about what what's going on in our lives um you know i I will always enjoy that And like you say thanksgiving is one of those holidays it's not you know with christmas although that sort of changes as you get older you know a lot of gift focus and other kinds of things thanksgiving Mm -hmm. is just about being together and there's something you know as you get older especially that uh you really appreciate that, you know. So,
1: and then you said bit. you hosting too. So are you, are you, have you done it before or are you a little, you know, this your first time in a long time type of
0: thing? No, no, no. We, we, we we've hosted now for several years, either okay. Christmas or Thanksgiving. So we're, we're familiar with it, comfortable with it. Um, it used to be, you know, when, again, when I was your age, uh, it was mostly aunts and uncles or my parents would host. Uh, but it sort of got, you know, the baton gets passed eventually. Uh, and so yep. We're comfortable with it. It's good. It's all good.
1: Sounds good. Uh, For those who are wondering what I'm doing and why I'm grilling Kyle, I don't have to worry about none of that. I don't have to host. I just got to show up with an empty stomach, (laughs) (laughs) talk, talk with some family, man. I got some family coming up from out of town as well from Tennessee. Uh, They're up here right now with, I'm staying with my mom. So it's going to be good to catch up with them and and see the little one. Um, I don't think I've seen the little one in, in, in a very long time. Now that I think about it. So it'll be good to catch up with Liv and see how she's been doing how she's been growing up down there in tennessee so um same boat man i'm with you family food um and 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 just getting to, to to be around the fam uh and having that one or two uh two times a year to where you really can you know spend that that quality time together so looking forward to that on my side as well um okay we ain't here to talk about all that stuff too long Um, there is a Washington commanders team that people (laughs) like that hear, read and see about all that good stuff. Um, and essentially we are in position to talk about them, Cal. Um, we are coming off of a game where Washington essentially just took over, um, boring game defense dominated, uh, and, and really just flexed their muscles in a situation where, um, People did, and, and I said this post game immediately. Post game, people did think it was somewhat of a trap game, I guess. Um, and and I don't, I don't know why. Like I did make a a, a small difference between a trap game and a letdown spot. Uh, I think if you look at it on paper, you understand that this was a game where there shouldn't be any reason for Washington to lose. And if you understood and heard people throughout the week, especially on the Houston side, you saw how terrible Houston was. There shouldn't really have been a reason or cause for concern. And I guess before we get into the Heineke side, uh, let's get your overall thoughts on this past weekend and just uh, your overall feel uh, of this team right now, the way that they're playing.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the past last weekend's game, again, the defense um, was was dominating. Um, That was awesome to see. I was, I did feel a little bit of a letdown from the offense. Um, You know, it was, it was, the game was a thorough thrashing. The Texans are just very, they're horrible, you know, at this point, which is fine. You play horrible teams on your schedule and you need to beat those teams handily. And Washington did, which is, which is all good. Uh, I had just hoped for a bit of a more um, explosive offensive performance. Honestly, I felt like, okay, look that, you know, the game was so out of hand, um, by in the first half that I thought, well, look, this is an opportunity actually maybe to, to open up the offense a little bit. Why not try some, some innovative things with Heineke? Because if you screw up, it's not going to be a big deal. You know, it's something you're going to be able to, to come back from. And of course they, they didn't do that. Um, but uh, you know, I thought I, I I'm sort of nitpicking. I mean, I gave him a B plus for the game. I thought it was uh, like you say, it was ended up being a boring game, which was, um A strong relief, you know, I I was looking forward. It's been a long time since we've had a boring game uh, where we won. And so, um, you know, I'm not complaining about it. uh, But, but I think, um, you know, I'll be very interested to see uh, how the team plays against the Falcons. And, you know, I think it's another, this is another game we should be able to win, especially with the, the way the defense is playing right now. And, and if the offense is just error free
1: but i don't i don't think you're too far off like i don't think like there's always good and bad from a loss and a win, um or tie if you want to include that but there's good and bad from all of these things and i don't think you're necessarily too far off with anything in terms of your criticism on the offensive side of the football um i think the first thing first is understanding like getting out to a 20 point lead is, is very impressive from this team. Um, and, and doing it against the Houston Texas team who, you know, again, isn't good. Um, but ultimately like when you take some things into account, like from a macro perspective, right. Um, that, uh, 23.7 of those came from the defense. Uh, and then, uh, three of those points. So three of the 16 at Washington did score, um, came in the fourth quarter. So at one point it was 13 to 10, if, if like if you just take all of those things out of the way and I know that's a lot of gymnastics but I'm just pointing out the fact that to the offensive side of the football yeah there's just some issues that continue to exist and, and I think Philadelphia was the outlier Uh, but I think Jonathan Allen said it best Kyle after the game he's not calling anyone out in particular he's calling everyone out and I think that was a timely message to the offense as well like um, obviously the defense side of football, we're not going to ignore that. Like Jonathan Allen plays defense, but it was a timely message to the offense knowing that this team um, uh, for all intents and purposes is ascending. Like they're getting better and they're continuing to find ways to win. And they're finding ways to win that isn't uh, obviously, as they just shown against Houston, that isn't uh, a stressful one. Um, But how do you respond in a situation where it's just seemingly too easy for you? Uh, you have to find a way to execute, and I think for the offense, as you said, Kyle, it's a little disappointing going knowing who they went up against. But that execution factor—three of thirteen on third downs, one of three in the red zone when the game was in balance or or, or in in the uh, in grasp for Houston. Uh, ultimately, one and four, but I don't count that last one. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on, and, and I don't think you're wrong at all to to, to point that part out because it's very important moving forward. Yeah, and I mean, I actually
0: went back and looked at some of the highlights this morning just to sort of refresh my memory and. And actually, so in the first half, the two red zone, you know, failures or whatever, in terms of field goals that turned into field goals, they were actually within inside the 10 yard line. It wasn't inside the 20, it was inside the 10 and they couldn't convert. And, you know, um, I just feel like obviously it didn't matter for this game, but it's like, those are, those are the situations you, you against good teams where you have to come away with seven, you can't just come away with three points um, that you get that close. So, So I I did think that that speech that you referenced from Jonathan Allen was really timely. um, Loved it, you know. The thing I love about Jonathan Allen is, and he said it a few times, he's like, he's like, I hate losing more than I love winning. You know, it's like, uh, so he recognizes you need to keep your eye on the prize. You need to do uh, whatever it takes to get better, and uh, hopefully, that message resonates. We'll see. I mean, I think, I think you know, this week's game. Could reasonably be pretty similar in terms of the Texans' game, in terms of how it plays out, especially if the defense is able to to really make an impact early on. Um, you know, what, what
1: do you mean by that? Uh, add on, you said you think it's similar in in terms of like what Houston, I mean, excuse me, what Atlanta wants to do um, offensively, or just sem- how do you what, what do you mean by that?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at just look at Atlanta's game, you know, their sort of performance. Their passing game is terrible. You know, I think it's actually one of the worst, maybe the worst in the league in terms of, uh, you know, passing yardage. And and their rushing game is where they focused. Obviously, L Patterson, uh, you know, is a weapon in the offense. But but the one thing you can say about Washington is they're they're amazing at shutting down one dimensional rushing teams. I mean, to hold Damian Pierce to eight yards or ten yards or whatever it was. Um, was pretty incredible that guy is explosive as heck and yes. uh certainly w- wouldn't really worry much about quarter patterson especially if uh, i'm hoping holt comes back i don't know if you've heard anything along those lines but um you mm-hmm. know just in terms of the pass coverage component of it but uh but yeah i think the same kind of game plan actually i think the same kind of game plan uh that we had against the texans works well should work well against the falcons and actually should work, work pretty well against the giants too who are so uh, Barkley dependent. Um, so I, I think we're, we're in good shape, uh, for the next few weeks, um, uh, running a defense similar to what we ran against the Texans. Obviously the other teams are, are a bit better, but I, I you know, we're not passing, we're not, we're not going up against any, um, you know, really threatening passers, uh, in the next several weeks. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out in Atlanta or against Atlanta.
1: I'm with you, and and I think, truthfully speaking, like the more I, I think about how the defense is playing, like I'm I'm fully converted. I I've said several times that Philadelphia was the litmus test for me in terms of how this defense played, and um I gave them a passing grade. I don't think it was like an A plus, A minus, or A at all. I think it was like a C plus, um and and a C plus because you're able to pre- uh, prevent them from getting in the end zone as, as many times as they did by way of turnovers. Um, and also just having those timely punts as well. Um, not saying you really stopped them throughout the entire game because they had some explosive plays and, and sometimes at times made it look easy. Um, however, uh, my point of bringing that up is you don't have that type of offense um, moving forward. You don't have that type of balance from an offensive line standpoint, a quarterback standpoint, uh, and, and their ability to run the ball and pass the ball efficiently. You don't have that anymore. Uh, Dallas, maybe. Right. With with Dak Prescott starting um, and they're and they're stable in the backfield. Um, But ultimately, like that type of stress level <laughs> is, is over. And, and Washington is in get back mode against the Dallas Cowboys at home. Um, and, and, and they're playing much better than what they did in that first game of the season. So there's just opportunity there. And this this team, from a defensive perspective, uh, the way that they're playing, and and then to your point, the quarterbacks that they're going up against and the type of offenses that they're going up against, they're going to have uh, an opportunity to be in every game moving forward. And we talked about controlling their destiny. Uh, every single opponent that they're playing, excluding the AFC team and the Cleveland Browns, are directly implicated in, 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 in how – they're able to make the playoffs if they're able to make the playoffs. Like the seating is right here and, and it's up for the taking for Washington. So uh, maybe and, and I was a little disrespectful with with the 49ers offense. Um Kyle I, I forgot about them when I am in, in the middle of my rant as much as I respect uh you know Kyle Shanahan and and what they do offensively uh Jimmy Garoppolo is the this the quarterback to manage that offense. Um so I, I, I do off the strength of that give them their respect. Um, and, and so it may be Dallas and San Francisco. But but yeah, like you're going to be in a, a position to take control of your destiny and your defense is playing good enough to the point where you're confident that they're going to keep you within one score uh, throughout a football game. It's really on the other side of the football that continues to plague itself, knowing that um, you can't and you're not going to get a perfect game like you did against Philly every single week. You have to find a way to extend these drives on third down when you get in those. And you have to find a way, like you said, inside the 10, two times, you have to find a way to get in the end zone because that is losing football if you don't.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things that's, that struck me, uh, at least this week, if not, maybe a little bit sooner, was that um, that that Washington actually, I think, is is built pretty similarly to uh, the 49ers maybe it's like a sort, of, sort of 49ers light in terms of uh you know the approach to winning again like you say Garoppolo is a game manager and game managers um get all sorts of bad raps because they're not maybe as exciting to watch and and i still think yeah. the, the 49ers you know they their butts were saved by the fact that they weren't able to trade Jimmy G if trey lance had gone down and they were running with whoever they' Their backup quarterback is, they'd be way out of the playoff race, and and so I, I feel like, um, I feel like in San Francisco, and I think this actually has applicability to Washington too. Uh, Garoppolo doesn't get nearly enough respect. Yeah, you know the, the promise of Trey Lance is there, and that's exciting. But but um, you know you've got in Garoppolo a guy who, when he's got a good team around you, has gotten you to the Super Bowl. He's gotten you to the NFC Championship game. Uh, in successive years, and and I think Washington can can be highly competitive using that same model with with this defense. I think you know Heineke is, he's not the quarterback that Garoppolo is, but I think he can be again sort of like a Garoppolo light. And at least until you've got something um, better that comes along in terms of the draft uh, with the quarterback, mm-hmm. I, I you know I think. Let's see how it plays out for the rest of the season. But I could see a scenario in which, you know, they roll with Taylor in twenty twenty three and have somebody drafted who can can learn behind him. And this and again, this team with this defense and with him playing relatively error free football could be, you know, um playoff competitive. You know, are they again are they a Super Bowl winning team? I don't know, but like that's <laughs> willing to put that uh goal off for a little bit just to make the playoffs a few times and you know a few few years in a row um so i think it's gonna be really interesting off season and i think that um i think that yeah this defense playing well and the offense um i think the offense is probably playing like almost i don't want to say as poorly as it can but I think there's still some upside in terms of this offense, and there's probably not a ton of downside from where it's performing. So, uh, you get similar defensive performances, and you get a you know a twenty percent better offensive performance. And again, you're probably going to beat you know eighty percent of the teams in the league. Uh, so, so we'll see what happens. I mean, um, I, I hope we see a little bit more of a breakout on that front this week with against the Falcons.
1: Yeah. Um... Now, contextually speaking, I, I think it is important to know like what's working right now is the fact that they're able to establish a ground game um and a presence on the ground and keep teams off balance, specifically the Eagles and the um the, the Houston Texans and their ability to to, to to do what they're doing on the ground is, is important. Like the way they're able to to approach certain runs, whether it's stretch runs or or inside runs or off-tackle or misdirections. Um, counters, all those things, all of the above, how they're able to attack. Um, you know, it's it's a it's an ode to how effective they've been over the past two games. Um, just having good success on first and second down, uh, really. Um, but uh, to your point, like it's not like what they're doing right now, a formula is is like that is somewhat winning, uh, especially sustainable in the regular season. Um, it's when you expound out of that, like sure you can run the ball and control the clock uh, and, and try to limit the amount of exposures that Taylor Heineke has uh, through the air uh, and, and maybe even limit um, <laughs> the past happy nature of Scott Turner in a sense. Um, just reiterating to him, whether it's, I'm assuming, and, and I'm projecting here is, it's not necessarily a matter of fact, but um, having Ron Rivera or somebody like reinstill in Turner's head that it is okay it is okay to run the football. Um, It seems as if he's picked up on that and and they've been uh, fortunate to, to establish a ground game over these past two games and uh, it works. Right. Um, So how do you, as a quarterback, how do you as an offense uh, understand that the ground game is important, but also understand that um, we have tons of room to be more efficient. And if, like when we have our match, whether it's San Francisco whether it's Dallas at the end of the season or whether it's even New York or maybe you make the playoffs and the stakes are raised even further right um what are some things that you have to overcome on that side of the ball um when, when you' when your defense doesn't have the best of days and you find yourself uh down seven nothing or 10 nothing or maybe 14 nothing fingers crossed that doesn't happen, um what is your offense doing at that point um do you still stick to the ground game do you think that your offensive line can hold up uh in the ground game and still maintain their composure can you work at play action does it work or, or can your receivers win in critical situations um yes this is a, a little bit of a ramble but it's more so just thinking out loud like understanding that you know a formula can work for so long but um you do have to find a way uh to get around it and i think for as you mentioned, the the Jimmy Garoppolo conversation um, and, and knowing what he does for San Francisco, uh, this past game has to find a way to be a little bit more efficient and consistent throughout a football game to truly uh, bring balance to this team.
0: So, yeah, the point you bring up right there is sort of something I was trying to touch on earlier, you know, with with this game against the Texans was, you know, once it was clearly out of hand – you didn't, to me, you didn't need to keep running the same offense. Yeah. Running the same offense probably was going to ensure a win and that, you know, okay, that's fine. That's, that should be a priority. But to me, it was an opportunity to let's open up the offense a little bit. You know, it's sort of, it's sort of counterintuitive Well, you're thumping a team, do you really need to lay it on? Well, yeah, you kind of do need to lay it on to see if you can, can um, be successful opening up that offense when you have to sometime. I mean, and, and so it's like, I felt as though there was an opportunity to get some data points for future games in this game. And instead um, again, that again, they went pretty conservative. And and I mean, I think that's probably the default for an NFL coaching staff, but I I still feel like, you know, this is a situation in which Heineke is still getting his legs under him. I mean, he's for two consecutive years. He really hasn't had an off season to, Prepare as the starter. Um, he's he's doing a lot of on-the-job training, which is fine. But um, why not give this an opportunity? You know, wh- when there's really very little risk in in game time, why not try to open up that offense a little bit to see um, how you can respond when it really does matter? Um, and and like I say, that might be counterintuitive for, for Ron and Turner. But but I was hoping that that might be something that they would uh, that they'd try out. And I guess we'll see. You know, see how it goes this week. Um, it's it's pretty rare, of course, that Washington's got a twenty nothing lead. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> not. where,
1: where are we at with Chase Young and 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 all these things moving forward away from the offense? Um, do you think that he plays against Atlanta? Um, and, and secondly, like now that we we have discussed this just from a Commanders community standpoint, we have discussed this 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 moment. Uh, several times throughout the season, but now that it's officially here and that you know, Chase Young has been activated to the final 53, not they haven't said that he will play this week. Um, there's still some some barriers that he has to come across, and that's all through um practicing and not necessarily health related. Dr. he's as good as he's going to get. Um, but but where do you kind of see Chase Young fitting in? Is this something, uh, is there any gray areas or is this something where you're like, let's just see how he does in those? Sp- sp- five to 10 snaps a game until he can ultimately get back to 30.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, from his health perspective, you've got to, you've got to uh, sort of slowly integrate him back in. And so I get it. You know, Ron says he's going to be on a snap count. I don't have any issue with that. I think the bigger, the bigger situation now is just, you know, uh, with Dron Payne balling out this year you know, Ron saying, we've got to find a way to resign him. We're facing, you know, um, beyond this season, we're facing this real crunch with regards to how are we going to, uh, handle these big names, big contracts eventually on the defense. And I think, you know, in Chase's absence, Montez sweat has played very, very well this year, certainly well enough that he's probably a guy that we would want to resign. So, you know, um, does Chase get added to this defense and then it just goes, you know, absolutely bonkers. Um, I guess that's a possibility. Um, It certainly would be amazing to see, Um, you know, but I think there's also the possibility. I mean, I hope it's not true, but there's also the possibility that Chase gets added to the defense um, and, you know, makes some of the same issues that he had last year in terms of, uh, you know, opening, and quarterbacks and other kinds of things. Uh, you know, I mean, yes, he's a much better a- athlete at cert- certainly before his knee injury he was a much better athlete than James Smith Williams, although actually James Smith Williams isn't a bad athlete. Um, but, uh, but you know, a big part of being successful in the defensive line is, you know, keeping your head in the game and making the revisions in terms of, um, functioning as a unit. And so, um, yeah, of course, everybody loves Chase. There's the team's invested a t- tremendous amount of uh, energy and draft capital in Chase, um, but you know my my head is going to a place where you know maybe Chase isn't here in a few years. I don't know. Um,
1: uh, I, Hold I, on, I, we got to make sure you touch on that right quick. I, I know you're in the middle mid thought, so uh, yeah. I, I don't want to confuse you or or get you lost from your point, but I, I do want to see where your concerns are. Uh, from that one I mean for obvious reasons there's some but I want to make sure that you got you on record uh, just so you can kind of elaborate like what's what's your what's your concerns because I I don't I don't give it a zero percent chance and and I think it's important for people to understand that don't ever say something is a hundred percent or zero percent there is something in between so what do you mean by that?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the main thing I mean by it is that just contractually, again, so we've got, you know, Jonathan Allen on, on, I think next year it's like a $21 million a year contract. I think it averaged his contracts like $18 million a year. Payne's going to be in the same ballpark, you know, probably maybe $19, $20 million a year. Um, Sweat, you know, one, he's his fifth year option is next year. And after that, you know, he's probably, it's probably a 20, I don't know, around 20 to 25 million dollar year contract for a uh, uh, you know top flight edge rusher. And so the question, you know, I don't I don't see a situation in which we've got you know something like 90 million dollars sunk in the defensive line in 2025 or whatever it would be. Um and so the question becomes, you know, how critical is it? How 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 much better is the defense? when Chase is added than it is now. You know, if it's a top five defense now with, uh, you know, James Smith-Williams and Casey Twohill or whatever um, as your opposite edge, um, you know, is it a top one defense with Chase? I mean, it damn well better be like a top two defense <laughs> with Chase if uh, if that's what you're going to be paying him and, wh- and what we expect out of him. So uh, I, we'll see. I, I think I do think this, the end of this year is critical to get a glimpse of how chase is going to play. What's the level he's going to play at because the team needs to make its decision about his fifth year option uh, this offseason. And, you know, again, the default, the inertia is, of course, you you invested a top 2 pick in this guy. You're going to give him his fifth year option. Um, and, and they may well do that. Probably the odds are that they're going to do that. But I'd still like to have a little bit more uh, data before we, we take that as a foregone conclusion and you know we've got six more games or whatever it is this year um to be able to get some more information
1: yeah i, I think i'm in a boat with with chase um where i actually have zero expectations from him right now um and and that's with with knowing uh and it's for everybody to remember and he is so so don't don't soften up on chase and, and i'm not softening up on chase at all but he is the number two overall pick and he is drafted to make he was drafted at number two to make an impact on this team for all of the the conversations that people has had and 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 within like the last year or two not necessarily 2020 but within the last year or two um and and i guess mid-season in 2020 probably is uh worthy of, of mentioning as well but for all those conversations of saying should washington have drafted tua or justin herbert over chase young like that is the reason why you getting drafted at number two. Um, it's not a hindsight thing, it's just the, the point of those questions being asked. Uh, it's a reason why they chose you at number two. You are meant to be that playmaker, that game-changing uh defender for your defense and for the defense that you play on. And that's kind of what Washington invested in Chase Chase Young drafting him at that spot, despite the fact that they uh they knew that quarterback was probably a need um with respect to, to giving them a chance to Dwayne Haskins. Um, so all that being said, and, and knowing what Chase Young is to this team, uh you don't need to have expectations immediately out of the gate. Not you, literally, Kyle, but you as in the people listening. There is something where you sit here and try to gauge where he's at athletically, right? And, and knowing that when he comes back, uh it's probably going to take like a game or two for him to even understand that, all right, I can, I can be out here. Um, now I have to start getting my win back and I also have to start trusting myself. Like Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas had a hell of a game against the Houston Texans and hell of a game from a statistical standpoint, but also seeing how he moves from an athletic standpoint. Man, I thought that, you know, I never thought that he was athletically gifted in terms of his speed and his ability to make people miss. Like that's just not his game. However, with that knee injury, Cal, um, you know, him coming back in those first few games that he was here and not up until like the the Philadelphia game I think I believe. Um but he just wasn't himself. Like it didn't look like he had any of his athletic talent back whatever he had and and everything looked difficult for him. Um how is it, how he can uh, isolate defenders and win in one-on-one situations? It looked like it was impossible for him to do. Um and, and now he's having those opportunities this week against Houston where you're seeing a whole different Logan Thomas but for the better. Um and, and I say all that to say It took a long time for Logan to start feeling himself uh, and feeling the way that uh, it's making him confident. And if you're looking at a Chase Young situation where uh, he may play six games or he may not, you don't know when he's going to feel healthy again. And it may not even come back this year. So I understand what you're saying, Kyle. um, And that's why I have no expectations personally, because if I'm going to sit here and anticipate Chase Young coming back, uh, and being a immediate impact, uh I'd be fooling myself, but I would love to see, to love to be surprised uh and, and have him overcome whatever expectations that I did set, which were at the very uh very very low uh at the <laughs> the very low of, of what you can expect out of a person coming back from what he came back from. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm a little torn, but I, I understand where you're coming from. I just and, and I can't I can't I can't predict beyond this this season, even though is not looking like a, a very good comeback season for Chase.
0: So, yeah, I, well, I I totally agree with you in terms of um, in terms of what to expect. I, I don't think physically we're going to see prime, you know, Chase Young this year, and that's that's fine. I think really when it gets unfortunate, in the game, we should primarily be focused on, um, you know, what the mental part of the game is. He is he is he playing doing. What he should be from a mental perspective, and recognize: look, the burst is not probably going to come back until next year, um, and uh, and recognize that. So we'll see. I mean, um, I, I I think you're right. We need to temper our expectations on that front uh, considerably and definitely with Logan, who had a less severe injury. Uh, like you say, it took him, you know, most of the season to get back to basically uh, 20 2020 Logan Thomas. Uh, you know, this past week, so
1: yeah um all right so let's get about here with with one quick thing man where are you at in terms of the the future the future prospects meaning the the rest of the season uh and and where were you at before the season started like how how did they come about and i guess i'll go ahead and get started because i was in a boat where i said 10 and 7 um i said that before the season started and i'm not about to take no victory lap if they do find their way to double digit wins um, the way they started off is similar to what we have been saying for a long time, Kyle, under Ron Rivera. It's like you shouldn't have to start off one and five or excuse me, one and four, uh, two and six in, in the last two seasons. Um, you shouldn't have to do that in order to, you know, find yourself as a team. Right. And, and I think for yeah. for all of what Wa- all of what Washington has done to this point, uh coming together and winning five out of their last six um is very good and and it does seem like this team uh is is different than the 2020 team like i do feel like they're finding roles for these players and i do think that these guys uh uh specifically on the defense side of football are finding um something that that works for them but they're also understanding that you know if you believe in your teammate and understand your role in the defense everybody will eventually eat so long as you trust the person beside you in front of you and behind you, they are going to, they are going to eat as long as you do your job and you are going to eat as long as they do their job and trust in each other. Um, And I think that's kind of the difference from this year. And, and again, like I said, what's the expectations? Um, I see the way they're rolling. I can see 10 wins still. Um, And I can see a, a, a good football team. Like this isn't like a team that's playing good football right now. I think that this is a good football team and, um that's despite how i feel about the head coaches personally uh i can give credit when it's due that's despite how i feel about the quarterback situation um i can give credit where it's due uh that's despite how i feel about the offensive line situation i can give credit when it's due uh this look like a 10-win team the way that they're playing right now um i don't know where that propels them in terms of the playoff race i'm not going to sit here and say anything to that regard uh because we don't know how the giants are going to work out just yet um and then we also don't know the Niners situation or Seahawks for that matter but that's kind of where I'm at Kyle I, I think that the team uh was 10 wins before the season started uh and I do think that they are looking at this point like they can get to 10 wins
0: yeah so I had at the beginning of the season I had them as nine wins so nine and eight uh, but if you ask me right now I'd say I'd lean towards 10 wins uh with a wild card berth um you know I think that you know that requires them to go four and two over the next six games i think that's i think that's doable i think the i think the 49ers and i think the cowboys should both be you know challenging games um but the other thing about it you know it just especially if you look at the nfc i mean the afc has a lot of um uh, you know just NFC's has the high open, power man. quarterbacks right now Uh, But on the NFC side, and I really, this is a down year. I feel like on the NFC side, I mean, we've already beaten the best team, um, you know, in terms of the Eagles should have beaten the Vikings, who I think are really very beatable. Um, uh, The Cowboys, you know, it could be argued the Cowboys might be the best team in the uh, conference at this point. So, you know, it's it's this is a year where you could do some damage if you get into the playoffs because I think we're capable of beating any of those teams. Now, if you you know just play this out, you know if if you get into a situation where you're playing like the Chiefs um, or the the Bills, then then you know then you basically have to replay that game again. I mean, you would have you have to essentially keep that ball out of the hands of uh out of the offense uh but let's not get ahead of ourselves we can talk about that <laughs> <in the laughs> once. um so but anyways yeah i, I you know i think 10 and, ten and seven um is uh entirely reasonable I, I i mean i expect it honestly at this point i'll be disappointed if they don't um hit that and so you know it's it's again it's time to have those high expectations for this team uh, and to see them keep performing. I mean, the, the the young guys on defense. I I wrote an article about the safeties yesterday. You know, um, that's been really special to see. I think you know yeah. Derek Forrest has just been such a pleasant surprise this year, um, and uh, he's getting a lot of attention. And it's cool to see that that pan out.
1: I'm a hundred percent. Percent in agreement with you man Derek Force development has been crazy um and then just finding a new a new space for Bobby McCain to be a playmaker it's been really good and uh same thing with Cam Carroll just you know him still continuing to do himself uh within the, the structure of the defense has been really good uh and, and that's good for this defense obviously Kyle um as always man I appreciate you coming through and talking a little ball uh for the commanders and um, you know, we'll see what happens this upcoming Sunday, man. It's a big game for Washington. It's a, it's a, it's another good test against a very good run offense. Um, we'll see how that works out for these guys. Uh, schedule-wise, everybody, we will be back on Friday uh, previewing the game. Uh, try to get a guest on so we can uh, chop it up and, and talk a little ball, previewing that Atlanta and Commanders game. Kyle, any last things that you want to get off uh, before we get out of here and, and enjoy the rest of our holiday week uh, for you, a five-day weekend? <laughs>
0: yeah right Uh, i don't think so i think again let's uh let's continue you know my feeling we've had some conversations about you know the ownership situation other kinds of things frustrations with coaching staff i guess my feeling going into this uh this thanksgiving holiday is like let's just give the team some now, I mean, let's put our frustrations aside. I uh, hope these guys can keep rolling. What you and... you
1: broke up a little bit. I I don't mean to cut you off, but you, you, you oh, broke yeah. up. So I want to make sure people hear you. That's all.
0: Oh sure, sure. Yeah, I was just saying. You know, going into the Thanksgiving holiday, let's just um, let's put our frustrations with various uh, elements of the team, like time management and offensive play calling, and those kinds of things. I enjoy you know uh, this team succeeding and and hopefully winning again this weekend um and you know there's plenty of time in the office but but just just enjoy it uh take it as it comes and um and not get too uh about it you know did they win the way we wanted them to win or whatever it is it's, you know a win is a win let's let's enjoy it and uh, and uh, move on to the next one
1: sounds good now the people are going to have to do a little bit of fill in the blanks um i didn't want to cut you off for a third time and and tell you to repeat it but um i I think i think we got where you're going give them some grace and understand that wins are wins um and that's the most important thing in, in this in this moment of the season uh okay with that being said, we're going to go ahead and close things out if you're listening on this good wednesday man make sure you have yourself or thursday morning before everything gets started make sure you have yourself uh safe and happy thanksgiving um turn up for your boy take a shot for your boy if you if you want to man it is his birthday meaning myself tomorrow on thursday so uh if you do have some drinks be like hey look i'm gonna pour one up for uh for Ma. <laughs> um and, and make sure that and hope that he has a good birthday so uh y'all do that for me man uh and enjoy y'all enjoy y'all thursday uh, enjoy the games as well enjoy your family all that good stuff we out of here stay safe cow i'll talk to you later as well